and welcome back to Pastor Plex Podcast. Uh, this episode, we have the question, how do I handle it when I want more kids, but my husband says no? And in studio today, I've got uh, my wife, Adrian, and she is ready and willing to answer uh, this question. And really, you could you could ask this question in multiple ways. It could say, uh, I want a new car, and my husband says no. I want uh, a new career, and my husband says no. I want uh, a new anything, and my husband says no. This really gets to when what, what happens when my husband and I disagree. That's, that's one part of the question. And then there really is the other part of the question of um, wanting more children, and we have experience in both of those things. Now, first off, scripturally, I'm going to hit this, and I want to hear, Adrian, your perspective uh, from having to sit in the, the seat of my wife. Uh, <clears throat> the Bible says that the husband, or that, that Christ is has the husband, the husband is the head of the wife. And so that what we take that to mean is headship means authority, and that means leadership. And that comes off as draconian in a lot of places, but the Bible also is really clear that the husband sacrificially leads, that he leads like God leads us, which means we sacrifice for, we care for, we nurture, we do all the things uh, that would be best for the woman. Now, um, as a man and a human being, I don't do that perfectly, and uh, sometimes I am less than average. Uh, But that is at least the ideal plan. And when we get away from that plan, things start to break down. And so what I want to get to then is let's let's answer this question first off of how do you handle it, Adrian, whenever you and I have a disagreement, maybe fundamentally about a direction the family is going and and how do we talk that through? Because that sometimes isn't like one of those like, oh, Chris, whatever you'd like to do, I'm on board. It, it sometimes takes the, well, let hear me out, and there's a lot of uh, back and forth. How how do we handle that, and what was your what would you say your experience is with that in our marriage? Yeah, so I think that we have a lot of conversations. We kind of talked about this in the whole COVID-19 marital disagreement podcast, but basically that I think this requires a lot of really quality communication, which is hard. Communication is a hard thing to learn, I think, within a any relationship, but it, it comes with a lot of articulating clearly, asking several clarifying questions, kind of expressing what it is that is like the felt need, I think, for the person that wants to do something that the other person is against, kind of expressing the reasons why, and and is it a conviction? Is there a is there a greater purpose being accomplished here? Is there a, a kind of this spiritual direction that they sense has been God's been moving in, in their life? And so finding out answers to all those things and then seeking that feedback and that conversation from the spouse. And I think for you and I, we we constantly are doing this over, I mean, we disagree on a whole lot of different things and we have great discussions about them. And for the most part, we don't, I mean, we do, we definitely argue. I'd be the last to say that we don't have arguments, but we have a lot more healthy conversation about things we disagree with than we do arguments. Sure. And, and I think the, the part that we struggle with is when we don't feel heard or um, we feel like a question means I'm not for you or a question means um, I'm against your plan or against what you want to do, as opposed to a question might just be clarifying. Right. And I think you can assign motive to the spouse's questioning. And sometimes there is motive. Sometimes they're not asking 
they're passively telling you something. And I think that that's why it requires quality communication. And, and I think that's really hard to come by. And so I think that if your communication lines are healthy and in quality, then you're going to be able to bridge these disagreements a lot more easily. And I think it also makes it very clear when there's an opportunity to seek a third party's input because sometimes that's important. I think sometimes in our marriage, at least, the times when we know we need a third party input are almost always when we agree on something because we can often be similar in areas and be completely blindsided by areas of weakness or potential realities that we just can't see. And we're like-minded in that. And that's scary because we can kind of encourage the other one into decisions that are pretty bad if we don't get a third-party perspective just because we can be more similar occasionally. So I think that a communication really helps whether you're having a disagreement that you can't resolve or just a big decision to make that you maybe feel unified in. I think it's often wise to go to a third party, but I think a lot of times people, couples try to throw in a third party perspective before they have really had a conversation with each other. Right, and you're usually, in counseling, I'm usually helping them have the conversation for the first time because it's been preempted by what I call mind reading. And mind reading is when I assume the worst of you. So that no matter what you say, I'm looking at it through the negative lens of you probably want the worst for me. Okay, so... So that's kind of how we communicate on just things in general. And, and what about just dealing with me being the head of the household and how does, what, does that ever become a problem for you? And what, how are you, how do you resolve it uh, when we don't agree on something? So I've learned over time to own things as needs. And so a lot of the time, if we're disagreeing about something Almost, I would I would say like 99% of the time, if we're having a disagreement about something, it's because there is going to be an unmet need that I have in the plan that or the idea that you have. And that becomes a problem for me and a concern for me and something I can get emotional about. And so instead of arguing over the actual matter at hand, I have to get better at expressing what my need is from you. And then I find you're more than willing to work with me and we can often reach a solution where we both kind of get what we want or we both compromise slightly but it doesn't it never came before I was able to learn to communicate those things as needs instead of problems with yeah. you. In fact now whenever I do counseling I talk to the ladies about asserting their need because the opposite of asserting their need is telling the husband what he needs to be doing. So when you start saying, you need to, and you start talking about their work, or you need to, and you start talking about all the things they're not doing right, inevitably that creates defense. That creates defense in the husband. But if the wife were to say, I have a need, and um, I feel insecure, I feel um, sad, I feel uh, distressed, and guys in general, like, what can I do to fix it? It puts us on the offense of like, how can I help? And so I think that becomes a huge, huge, huge factor. So getting back to the question, like um, I want more kids, but my husband says no. And so if the way that you're approaching it is like, you need to have more kids or we need to have more kids. And then it doesn't come with like this, the deep seated part of the nurturing aspect of like, I'm a, I'm a mom and I want to have, I want to mommy more. Like that is in me. Will you help me do that? And that could be the, the ultimate game changer uh, in that in that one question. All right, I just I have this deep desire to have more children, and it's in me. Would you pray about it being in you? But if we're not even going to the Lord, if we're not even seeking God on that, if we're not asking 
ultimately that God would change uh, your husband's heart, we're starting from a standpoint of how can I manipulate him and argue him into getting my way? And that ultimately gets out of sight of God's design. And you'll, if you get, even if you get your way, you'll be wondering, your, your, your peace will be stolen because you haven't been able to um, follow God's will, permissive will of trusting in his design for your life. And I think that can be really tough. Okay, so, but we have seen, here's what, what Adrian and I have seen as uh, being a, you know, Adrian is in on a lot of these conversations we have with, with people. In fact, she probably gets more of the inside scoop than I do. Uh, but you've seen in a lot of the marriages that we've been friends with, a lot of marriages that we've we've talked to and counsel, counseled, that this exact situation comes up, uh, and somehow the woman will passively, aggressively get around her husband and just go, "I don't know how we got pregnant." Can you talk to that a little bit? Yeah. So I f- I feel like first we kind of need to clarify here. We said it without saying it that if you if if either if either one, the husband or the wife, wants to have more kids. The answer is no until you're both on the same page. Yeah, and that, I, that is a great point. Yeah, Sorry about that. Yeah. We didn't ever say that. And, right. and that's the answer is no. And I think that's something to start grieving if you're the person that wants more kids. But then I also think it's something to start praying about and using all the tools that we're talking about right now. So I don't think it's over for you, but I think that you do have to reach a point of accepting the no as the right thing to do until that no changes. And um, and it might never change, but my experience has been if the no of the spouse never changes, usually the desire that the spouse who wants to have more kids, it goes away. That desire diminishes as well. Or I've seen many cases where the spouse changed his mind. And, and whether it was the mom or the dad, they ended up choosing to try for more kids. I've seen that probably more often than not. And so, but the answer is you, this is an issue that you ha- you've got to be unified on because bringing a child into the world is so unbelievably just like all encompassing when it comes to what it takes. It takes, it takes a strong marriage. It takes strong individuals and your the amount of work that is for the rest of your life is way too significant to just kind of dismiss 50, 50% of the parental unit on it. And I also think that because of what it does to the marriage, there's nothing worse for a child than, than a marriage that became a disaster and was made more a disaster because the parents couldn't communicate over even deciding whether or not to have them. I mean, yeah. And and speak to that because parents not being able to communicate on this clearly means you probably shouldn't uh, because you can't communicate on this. And if you can't communicate on having a child, how are you going to communicate on raising the child? How are you going to communicate on all those other things? Get on the same page before we bring another life into this. Now at the same time, when are you ready? Gosh, you'll probably be sitting there wondering if you'll ever be ready. And so I think that's why it's so important to be in counseling. It's so important to be talking to people to do life in community or else if you don't, you're going to get stuck with your own opinion in your head and maybe your own view of what reality is and it, you may be skewed. So, And this isn't a question of whether or not you should. That's a completely different question. Whether or not we should consider adding another child you. to our family is not the same question as I want to add a child and my husband doesn't. Right. And we actually have zero advice on what to do. <laughs> Whether or not you should add another child to your family. We've right. done it four times. We've tried for all four of our We kids. know we're done. <laughs> but we didn't 
feel clarity until we knew we were done. Mm -hmm. But does that mean that's the answer for everyone? I would never say that. So Everyone's supposed to have four kids. <laughs> no, I mean, like, yeah. And I think that's where we've talked to families who are like, we, were, we hit five and we were one too many. And we feel bad about it now, but it's too late. Right. And I think there's a lot of people that struggle with that. And the thing is, is when you have small children, you can't see, you know, 20 years from now when you have a bunch of grown up children that are all coming back and, and filling your house right. with joy. So, so I think there we don't have any suggestions for the right answer of right. number of children. But what we're speaking to is the marital dynamic. And mm -hmm. one person feels clarity one way and one feels clarity the other and right. how to handle that. That's right. that's the issue here. So going back to what you originally asked with the what I see most commonly I, and I see it a lot, is that the wife typically is the one that wants more kids. And she's also the one that makes it happen without consent from her husband. Now, I say that. And the reality is I think men have a lot more opportunity for consent and for decision-making in this process. But what I have discovered is that typically – the area of intimacy is something that is complicated for every couple for some specific reasons specific to them. And so that makes this a very tricky subject. And if the wife is really desiring another child, there's a lot of things she can do to make this happen with and, and claim accident. And so she cannot take all of her birth control pills or she can she can genuinely forget three birth control pills, not because she was trying to be manipulative, not because she was being passive aggressive, she just forgot them and not tell her husband, not remember to tell her husband. And I mean, there's just a lot of ways that a wife has controlled this. There's also, I know several people who choose to wear a condom or not based on what time of the month that they're in. And so the, so the woman is just sort of taking a guess. Yeah, I think this is a fine night. I think this is a fine day. I think that this week should be safe. And she does either she doesn't know her body as well as she thought she did, or her body is like all with female bodies, and it's not as predictable as it feels like it should be. Or she knows good and well that there's a chance that this could result in a pregnancy, but she's just kind of dismissing that reality and passively trying for a child even though she can't really admit it to herself and I think that those are the ways that I think a woman can be very sneaky whether she whether it's intentional or not when it comes to conceiving another child and I think this is where as a man it can sometimes feel rude I think that it can feel almost like it feels rude to be like well have you taken all your birth control pills where are you sure it's that like it's like in those moments especially in situations where intimacy is already kind of feeling complicated or maybe difficult the last thing you want to do is kind of kill the mood with with some logistical question on contraceptive <laughs> however it's it's so important and i think that this is where we see, I've seen so many, time and time again, I see a, a passivity on this issue because one person wants a child and one person doesn't. And ultimately, the person going passive on and, and still wanting one is the one that ends up winning it's out. passive-aggressive, right? And I think what, what happens ultimately is you're getting around God's will or God's ordained order by not agreeing with your spouse and sneaking it in there. And I think right. that becomes a problem ultimately. And it almost always results in a pregnancy. I mean... It often results in a pregnancy is probably more. And so I think that that's where 
then you have a pregnancy now that may have happened if you could have started communicating really clearly about desires and how maybe God was leading you or what you were hoping for. Like, you know, just some healthy marital communication, your outcome might have looked the same, but the process and the intimacy in the marriage and the confidence in raising up this child, it would have all been a different story had the communication been a little more solid and the passivity being addressed as a problem. Yeah, that's great. All right, so thanks so much for that question. In other words, the answer there is talk to your spouse, don't sneak in a kid, and uh, pray about it would be probably the simple Yeah, and I mean, I really do believe that God changes hearts. And Proverbs 21 says that the king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. Of the Lord like and that channels, he directs channels of water the water. The exactly. And so I think this is where if you are a spouse and you are desperately wanting more children and you really believe this is a desire from God and your, your mate is not on board, this is where you pray. And I, and I really believe that you see God show up in this. And I think it also has you hold this desire loosely with mm-hmm. an open hand and you're holding the timetable with an open hand. You're holding several things with an open hand. But this is where I believe if you truly desire a child, you're able to hold it with an open hand because you want it so badly that you're going to, you'll trust God and you'll trust his sovereignty over your spouse's mind and heart. And I really believe that he blesses that and he'll bless the marriage for that and then bless the family for that. And how much better to bring in another life under those circumstances than just kind of strong arming your way through it. And it could be, it could be that the person wanting another child is trying to fill something in them that a child was never meant to fill. Mm -hmm. And that the spouse that's kind of against this extra kid is against it for reasons that they can't really articulate, but it's truly a poor decision and a poor choice to make. And I think that that's where, that's another reason why you don't just trust the person who desires this as though it's from God. It must be you work together and you reach a point of agreement and, and mutual conviction before you move forward. Yeah. Thank you for that question. And uh, thanks for joining us on Pastor Plex podcast. We'll see you next time.